Ramblers, let's get rambling. everybody and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, show 520 of my podcast, The Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today, a heroic episode of the show where everything is kind of going to be a little superhero-y because that's the way we like things to do. And to start things off review-wise with the latest in the Lego universe on the Blu-ray, it's the Lego Batman the movie, or the Lego Batman movie. Courtesy of Warner's Home Video. Now, this is just going to be the, the extras because we already talked about this movie a while back on the show. So go back and refer to your episodes when this was actually in the cinema, and we'll talk about that. I'm going to keep on the superhero theme because I like to do. We're still playing, of course, superhero catch-up on the CW. Uh, and I did get a chance, finally, to finish uh, watching Arrow Season 4 and, Sla- and Flash Season 2. So we'll talk about those on this very show. Keeping on the superhero theme, we're also going to talk about a brand new book, courtesy of the great folks at TK Publishing. It is Wonder Woman, The Ultimate Guide to the Amazon Warrior. And then, of course, to keep things Wonder Woman, I'm going to give you my movie review. Finally, I had a chance recently to see Wonder Woman in a cinema near me, and that'll be on this week's show. Now, before we get to the reviews, uh, I did want to make note that this is the last, this is the final show I will be doing in the city of Quartha Lakes. As I mentioned in a previous episode, and I apologize for the gap between episodes lately. I know I haven't been producing as much as I usually do. Just been so busy uh, lately. Um, And one of the main reasons I've been so busy is, I said, I'm moving. This, again, will be the final show I'll be recording the Quartha Lakes. Come the new show in July. July 1st, I will be leaving here and, and we're packing up and moving the show to the Niagara region in Welland. Now, the the, <clears throat> the spot on the web isn't going to change. I'm still going to be here at TalkShoe, but physically, I'm changing areas, and I've changed a lot uh, areas in the last 11 years in the show. I started off, of course, in Little Britain, and then I went to Oimi for a while, and then for a while, I went into Durham for a little bit, and then back to Oimi, and then Peterborough for a while, and then Lindsay now for a while. So I've this show has moved around a lot with me. And the, the great thing about doing a podcast is that you, as long as you have an internet feed, it doesn't matter where you do your show. So um, so that is coming up. Uh, this is in the last one. Uh, hopefully, once we're settled, my wife and I and our, our pets are settled more in Welland, I can get back to, at the very least, doing two a month. And maybe, if I had the time... Uh, I'll try to get back on a weekly schedule again. I can't promise anything, Ramblers. It's just because I know I got a lot of things coming up. Coming up on the show in August and September, we got some really big releases and lots of stuff coming out. I'll talk about more at the end of the show, but I know the busy period is coming. July is going to be the calm before the storm when it comes to video releases. You know this every year. It's the same. So so I'm going to try to play some catch-up and, and be prepared for that. So just keep, keep in mind, uh, I'm going to try to get back into a more regular production schedule. I appreciate your patience sticking with me. Uh, I know I haven't done a lot lately, but, but I still i am I'm committing to try bringing you shows on as regular basis as I can do. 
So that that's the big uh, uh, news update. Also, I want to mention the top of the show. I hate starting things off with a downer, but I did want to mention this because this happened in between this show and the last show. Uh, sad to say that, that, that the great Adam West passed away, I believe at the age of 88, uh, between last show and now. And it, that's a shame shame to see the him hap- that happen. I never got a chance, unfortunately, to really see him in person at a convention, even though he was up in this neck of the woods, Toronto area, a while ago. Uh, I did see the Batmobile, but I, I didn't see him or Burt Ward. Not that I remember. Um, so that's a shame. Uh, his, his last thing, of course, he did was the, the animated uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders, and he did record... Apparently, another animated one with Two Face and William Shatner's Two Face uh, that hopefully will release sometime this year. So he, did, he got one more Batman thing out before he died, and it's a shame that he, he goes a great actor, um, a man who obviously did not take himself too seriously. And and with, uh, got one of those guys, I wish I could have caught him. If I'd had five minutes for the convention, I would have been a happy boy. But such is life. But uh, a sad passing. One one of the great comedic actors at the time, and 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 one of the the best. Um, and, until another one comes along, television Batman. You could argue movie one. Who's the best? Whether it's Keaton, Kilmer, uh, Christian Bale, or or even um, George Clooney. <laughs> but but <laughs> well, he was. He was the only TV one at this point. You can't really count the kid in Gotham. I'm sorry. He's still Bruce Wayne. He's not Batman yet. They keep teasing this. Not to go on a tangent. But they keep teasing this. I've seen some of the promos. And like, no, you can't make him Batman yet. He's just a kid. Like, you know, he's got to go away. He's got to, like, train in his 20s, maybe. And then he comes back. But don't. Don't, don't tease that now. He's not going to put on a cape and a cowl when he's like 15 and start beating up bad guys. Please, please. Don't. Fine, maybe he finds the bat cave and the bat thing and the well and the whole whatever. But <laughs> don't turn him into Batman yet. Um, that, that, that's just me. Uh, that's my little rant on Gotham. I know I really haven't gone through it properly. On the show, the first, the second, now in the third season. Uh, but I saw that promo and I thought, no, 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 no. You're putting the cart before the horse, okay? He's... <laughs> I can eventually see them bringing him into the show, but let the natural age thing happen, all right? You've got lots of other characters. You're, you're kind of building up here. You don't, you don't need to deal with that right now. All right, that's enough of that tangent. Uh, that's enough for the top of the show. We're going to take a look at musical interlude right up the first review of the show. Blu-ray movie review for this episode is the Lego Batman movie, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Video. Now, of course, a few months back, I, I went and saw this in the theater, and, and I'm not going to really review the movie per se, because I gave you my thoughts on that. I, it's suffice to say, mini-review, I enjoy the movie, it had a lot of humor in it, had a lot of heart, and I just love any good Lego movie. Will Arnett is great as Batman. It, it, it's it's kind of a, a very interesting take on the old Cape Crusader, and he's... <laughs> and... And it's a fun film, and, and, and definitely worth checking out. So this time around, we're just going to concentrate on the extras. And I got to say, the, this is a DVD Blu-ray um, release. A good chunk of extras for this set. You, you do get commentary by the producers of the show. Uh, and, and though it's, it's informative, 
it's kind of dry, and and they missed an opportunity here, in, in my opinion. I would have loved to have a com- an additional commentary track, and it just be Will Arnett and 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 Mike my, my, uh, Mike Michael Sierra, and maybe a few other um, cast members reviewing, talking about the movie. And even I'd love to had uh, a commentary track where it's Will Arnett as Batman commentating on the movie. That would have been very funny. And that's an opportunity missed there. I, 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 so even though the, the crew one is super informative, as always with most crew ones, guys, sorry, it's kind of dull and kind of dry when it comes to delivery. You do get four original uh, Batman. <laughs> They're very funny. I could see them doing more of these. Um, that's kind of cool. You get four deleted scenes. I can see why they were deleted, although... There is one deleted scene where it shows Batman, slight spoiler here if you haven't seen the movie, Batman and the Commissioner kind of switching places, and there's a whole song that they did there. And I guess they went, even though the song is kind of funny, I guess they wanted to keep that element of surprise in there, so they kind of left that out. You got six featurettes, uh, six uh, just kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of cool things of them, how they make the movie, a lot of stuff with the voice actors... That kind of thing. They even have uh, the contest winners, uh, people who, who who put together their their own um, little little Lego Batman the movie shorts with stop motion. That's that's kind of neat. So that's that's all there. So you get a pretty good behind the scenes look into the movie on Blu-ray. The movie looks great. Uh, looks really gorgeous, and they did a really good job doing that. It it is it is. Kind of action movies with heart. It is a fun movie to watch over again. Uh, there are lots of things I find watching a second time. You go, oh yeah, da da. You, you notice that maybe you didn't notice when you saw it in the theater. Um, there, there also, also with this, you do get a Legoland free kids ticket. So if you can get to Legoland, there is a free ticket um, there. Now the the offer expires in 2019, so you got a bit of time. Uh, if you want to get to Legoland. Overall, uh, a decent set of extras. Again, the only thing, the biggest thing, I, I liked all the featurettes. A lot of them were kind of short, though. I got to admit. Um, it's cool. They did include all the all the promo videos and the promotional trailers. A lot of that stuff was online. They've kind of put... A lot of them are very funny. Little Will Arnett as... Or Batman in character doing all the stuff. All the trailers there, all that kind of kind of thing. Uh, I said, overall, I like the extras. I just wish there would have been a commentary track with with some of the actors doing it, just to kind of add to it. But uh, uh, a fun movie, and uh, makes me... And, of course, all the the, the short that came with the theater, the the Njago short, is included as part of the set, too. So you can watch that. It was very funny. I remember watching that during the movie. So, uh, a fun set, and and definitely uh, worth checking out and adding to your Lego movie collection. That is my take of the Lego Batman movie. Also, a, a nice, nice embossment on, on the slipcase. I like that. So, that's my case, uh, take on the Lego Batman movie, courtesy on Blu-ray DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment.
the Superhero CW catch-up this week is Arrow Season 4 and Flash Season 2. Now, when we last, we're going to talk about each shows individually, but also kind of how they share it. When we last left um, Flash in Season 1, it, it was the big resolve, it was a big reverse Flash fight, and it left things in a big cliffhanger with a big vortex over Central City. Season two kind of deals with that and, and zoom and uh, the reverse flash dealt with. But we also um, have a new villain in season two is Professor Zoom or, or, or Zoom. And, and that, that's it's, we're keeping with the, the kind of um, speedster villains as your main villains. This one, Zoom, is, is from an a alternative Earth. In season two of Flash, we get into different Earths and alternate Earths and the whole kind of crisis on infinite Earths kind of thing. So Zoom gets introduced as your main villain. We also uh, joining the, the, the cast is Jay Garrick, which is kind of cool. The, the Flash from, I don't know, whatever Earth it was in comics. I don't remember that exactly. And, and also we, have, um, we also have um, Cisco uh, gains powers this season. The, Professor Wells comes back. Uh, you thought, oh, season one, he's gone. No, he comes back, but we get introduced to Earth 2 and an Earth 2 Professor Wells. This isn't the one, you know, that had the unfortunate run-in with, with, with Reverse Flash. This is a, a fresh, new Professor Wells. We have that. We also have a lot of more meta, meta-humans coming in from Earth 2. We get introduced this season as well to Killer Frost comes in, which is really conical. And and we also get a a a, a um goes to get a, a re we get a reintroduction of Firestorm. Firestorm gets a new Matrix with Jason. And and as I said in the first season, I kind of felt really disappointed that they pulled the plug on good old Ronnie Raymond really soon. They do kind of tease Ronnie coming back in a way in season two, but once again, it's like really why why no love for Ronnie Raymond? It's just. I don't know. So so that kind of goes that way. It's a very interesting story arc. In, in, in this one, of course, we get uh, more interactions with Barry and Henry because of the events in season one. Henry and Barry have a reunion. It's great to see John Wesley Ship uh, acting in a Flash show again. So that's kind of new. We also get a, a moment where John Wesley Ship's character meets Tina McGee, Amanda Pays. And that, that's a nice little TV moment there it's quite an exciting second season we get uh we get uh time travel again because barry doesn't seem to learn his lesson about messing with time and and we get a really kind of big moment at the end of season two like like oh my god i can't believe you just did that barry uh kind of thing there are some deaths in in season two some characters do not make it will not be making it into a third season. So we have that in mind. Um, so yeah, so there are some non-survivors. We get introduced to lots of new characters. Wally West comes on the show. Jesse Quick comes on the show. Although we don't get to see them kind of in the speed form, but their characters are introduced. The one thing I've learnt, noticed when it comes to CW shows is they lack the slow a burn. So <laughs> you just have to wait. So that happens. There is once again a, a crossover with Arrow. Now, this for this two seasons, what they did is the cro- big crossover event was tied in to the DC Legends of Tomorrow. So, so that kind of ties in a lot of characters from both 
Arrow and Flash from the Arrowverse kind of leave those shows and join the DC Legends of Tomorrow shows. So we have a lot of um, kind of a merging of two shows into one show. But we'll talk more about DC Legends of Tomorrow when I get through that first season. Still working on that, but... That's so we have that big crossover event to come. Hey, it's it's a good season. King Shark comes in this season. We also have I they don't call her Queen Bee, but but she gets introduced. Um so it, in and it's it's a lot of it's a really good season, some really heartwarming stuff in, in, in season two. Really fast paced. The whole Earth Two thing is kind of cool. It, it, there's some parts of it where Earth 2 kind of reminds me of when they did Parallel Earths and Fringe. That kind of, with this change the lighting effect and it'd be different Earth. So we have a lot of that in it. I, I think as a team, they, they really start to dwell, um, gel. The, the relationship between Iris and Wally, now that a certain character from Season 1 is out of the way, uh, that has some very interesting developments as well. <laughs> and and it, it, it's a really fun... Second season, uh, it really has um, good good gravitas and a huge tease for what they're going to do in season three. Because Wally makes a decision, I mean Barry makes a decision that that really will affect the show um, big time. Also, I like the casting of 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 Zoom. I, I think I love the voice changing thing. That's really cool. And and there is a bit of a, a surprise. I'm not going to say who it is. Because they, they hide Zoom's identity for a long time. But it is a nice little twist to it. I will caution you, um, Ramblers, if you do have the, the, the DVD set, don't, don't read ahead to the episode descriptions. That may spoil it for you. If, if you really want to watch it pure and not spoiled, just don't even read the show notes. <laughs> just watch it all the way through. Uh, overall, uh, a fun show. Uh, I, I liked. I have to give credit to Tom Cavanaugh. I think he 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 played Wells, but he played a completely different Wells than the Wells he played in the first season. So it's kind of cool. It's like similar, yet he is a, a different. So I, I, I give credit to him as an actor. Everybody else, I think, uh, did a terrific job. I, I wonder though. One thing that kind of caught me with Flash is Caitlin's hair. In season one, and I know I nitpick about weird things. In season one, it was a certain way. And then by season two, they go, oh, nope, Caitlin needs a makeover, and we're just going to change the way her hair is for no apparent reason. So also her act, her, her character goes through some real, oh, heartbreak in this season. Man, she is just like, ah, she just gets the worst luck when it comes to men uh, in this show. So that that's kind of cool. So that's... Flash. Now, I, for this review, I just didn't have time to go through all the extras. I just It's been so busy with the move. I, I will get to those on a future episode. I will deal with all the extras in these sets. But for now, we're just going to stick with Show Show. So that was Flash. Arrow had a very interesting season four. The main villain in season four for Arrow is Damien Dark. And, and I tell you, um, really good villain. Last season, of course, we had Ra's al Ghul. But Damien Dark is a really villain. I've seen this actor in other stuff before because this time around, it's not just, you know, well, the villain is just a guy who controls a big organization. No, no, this guy has, like, freaking magic powers. And and that comes into play this season because we, we get a visit from Constantine, which is really cool. 
and Vixen. So, um, and that's if you know your DCU, it's cool to see Vixen in a live action thing. We've seen her, of course, previously in, in Justice League, but I don't think we've ever seen her as a live action before. So that was well done. So, in in some ways, in this season, the kind of Arrow goes into the 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 magical world. We still get um, lots of his life before the island. What's coming very interesting here is we're coming to the fifth season, and 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 the show kind of said, "Well, we're not sure what we're doing after five because <laughs> we kind of had a five year arc here." So I don't know how they're going to tie up this whole island stuff because I think it's only supposed to be five years. So yeah. So you have uh, uh, a good actor in, in Damien Dark. I think um, just one of those villains you just love to hate. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Plot-wise, so yeah, they have Damien Dark we have to deal with. Uh, there, there are characters in this season. We, we get a lot more from the Adam. Yeah, you know my biggest gripe for season one is that, or uh, season three, that he didn't shrink. Well, thankfully in season four... We get some shrinkage by the Atom. Although, I did notice they kept it to a very minimum, I think, to try to save some money. So, uh, go figure on them. So, so that was done. Also, I, I have to give credit, credit to Paul Blackthorne, who plays Quentin Lance. Uh, he, his character goes through a lot, and, and the, the, the least amount of hair is kind of funny. So, so, he's in it. A lot of characters lead the show. The character of Roy Harper, uh, Colton Haynes. For at this point in time, they, they, his character kind of leaves the show. By the end of this fourth season, a lot of characters kind of go, hit the road, Jack. And it's not too surprising. that it is, a, it is a very... Oliver and Felicity go through quite the whirlwind of emotions and stuff. There's also a death of a very significant character in this season that they tease at the start of the season. You're thinking... Oh, well, he's in a graveyard and somebody's dead. And they don't reveal that person to like almost the end of the season. Now, you can maybe guess it uh, ahead of time. I don't know. If you can, power to you. But but they, they do kill off a, a pretty significant character uh, this season. And, and I have to say that, yeah, like Neil... McDonald plays Damien Dark, and he's been in quite a bit of stuff, and I think as a villain, he's pretty good. Overall, it's an interesting story uh, arc for, for season four. Season four, he finally becomes Green Arrow. He finally calls himself that, not just I'm Arrow or I'm the Hooded Vigilante or whatever. Uh, so we have that. Um, also, also, Oliver enters mayoral race in season four, which is an interesting thing. Another side of Oliver. The, the lair gets a bit of an upgrade. And like I say, we do lose some characters from both the Arrow show and the Flash to DC Legends of Tomorrow. So you still have that crossover in there as well. Um, overall, a, a fun fourth season. Uh, I think Oliver goes through a lot of changes. There are some really kind of moments in that. They did introduce a lot of cool characters in season four. And and uh, also, um, th- there's a lot of reoccurring characters. There's one character that comes back in season four. I don't know if I want to say who he is. Ah, uh, but he's one of my favorite actors, 
from another very popular TV show. And I'm glad he came back on the show. He, he really kind of adds to it. And, um, yeah, yeah. And also, that works very well. Nissa from, from the League of Assassins, she's in this for a little bit of the season, not a lot, but she's still a nice guest star. I keep waiting for Talia to show up, but I'm not holding my breath that we'll ever see that daughter of Reish Argul. Uh, I said, uh, a fun season. We get, um, we get more, uh, got a couple more appearances by, um, by the, uh, Quentin's, uh, Quentin's ex-wife, which of course is a, another Doctor Who star. So she's in it very briefly. Uh, but that's cool. Um, overall, uh, a fun season. I did enjoy it. The, the season kind of ends, I'm going to tell you, on a bit of a downer, like, oh, okay, kind of. Just like the old Buffy song, where do we go from here? It's kind of that feeling to it. But but uh, an interesting plot, I, I, I still don't know where they're going with, with Felicity and, and Oliver. They, they, they tease a lot, Phil Oliver. Is that a thing? I'm going to say it is. Because um, Oliphacity sounds stupid. Um, so, so there's that. How will a lot of these members and, and Diggle and, and, and Oliver go through <laughs> quite a bit this season? Will, will some of these characters come back and join Team Arrow again, or will we get a new roster? That, that, they kind of leave that up in the air, like some of these characters are going away for a while to kind of, you know, get their head together. And it, it'd be curious to see who comes back and who doesn't, and, and who the big bad for season five in um, Arrow will be. Now I was saying, well, Russ, it's already aired. I know it has. Haven't watched it yet. Uh, I, I'm waiting for the, the videos to come out uh, sometime August, September, and then I will talk about it. I'm purposely trying not to spoil myself um, for that. All, all shows, of course, have been renewed. Arrow will get a sixth season. Flash will get a fourth season. Legends of Tomorrow gets a second, no, no, a third, sorry. Supergirl will get another season. All, all the CW shows have been renewed, which is awesome. So, so that's my take on, on season four. As I said with, with Flash, I will give you the, the extras for those two shows on another episode when I have time to watch them. It's just been too crazy, but look for that in a coming thing. Other, other than that, I enjoy both seasons of the show. I like the the crossoverness of both universes and and I'm looking to, to continue. I hear that in the next seasons of both shows, there is a massive crossover uh that will feature that will feature not only that that will feature not only um Arrow and and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, but Supergirl will get pulled into the universe crossover stuff as well because as as uh, as I've heard, and I haven't reviewed Supergirl yet, she's again on my list of things to check out. Uh, the Flash, in his universe hopping ways, does make a pit stop in the Supergirl universe. But more on that when I talk about that season. That that is it for my C- CW catch up for this episode. Look for more in the upcoming show.
kids in the street With not enough to eat Who am I to be blind Pretending not to see their needs The summer's disregard A broken bottle top In one man's room They follow each other On the wind, you know Cause I got nowhere to go That's why I want you to Take a look at yourself and make the change My book review for this episode is Wonder Woman, The Ultimate Guide to the Amazon Warrior, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Now, of course, this celebrates the 75th year of Wonder Woman. It's amazing to think that this character has survived this long, but hey, all the good comic book ones have. What this book really does is it gives you a, a great look at, at the very start of her, right up until the, the latest incarnation of, of the Amazonian princess. Right from the Golden Age, right to, I guess, what they call now the New Age. And it's really interesting to see the action of, of this character. Also, you get, you know, an introduction, well, the timeline. It goes over the creation of the character, all her different, um, you know, different parts of her. Themyscira, Cheetah, a lot, a lot of the, the enemies of her. And really kind of interesting, the, 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 again, the evolution of the character and the way her costume has gone over the years. And and some of these enemies, it really makes me go, wow, you know, I thought I knew Wonder Woman pretty good, but I don't think I knew her as well as this. 
It's really cool to see some of the early stuff from the 50s and the 60s and the early incantation incarnations of her costume. As usual, with these books from DK, you get some really gorgeous 2K spreads. The artwork in this is really amazing. You know, you think that, you know, Matt Man kind of faced a lot of weird kind of enemies, but even, even Wonder Woman back in the day fought against the Glop, Paper Man, the Crimson Centipede, and of course, good old Starro, the Conqueror. So you do get a, a, um, quite a good look into her character. Of course, my favorite costume of hers, as always, will, will be the 1970s one. They even go through the time in the comics where she was depowered for a short amount of time and was Wonder Woman Doodle, which is kind of funny. Also goes through the various uh, other characters of hers, um, including uh, Donna Troy and uh, Wonder Girl and all that other kind of big stuff. So it, it really is a good retrospective. If if you were ever going like, gee, you know, I just don't know know enough about Wonder Woman, then yeah, I, I would definitely suggest it out. It is a, a really good look into her character and, and how she's evolved over the years. And how she's actually died and come back to life again on more than one occasion. So, yeah, if you're looking to really get... get um, and, and also shows how she's actually killed at one point. Because at one point, she, she broke the neck of Maxim, uh, Maxwell Lord because he was just a bad, bad man. Uh, so we, we get a pretty good look up, up into her most recent costumes. I think if you're looking for a complete look into this character, you can't go wrong with this book. It really gives you the all 411 on the great... Amazon Warrior. So that is my take of Wonder Woman, the ultimate guide to the Amazon Warrior, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Thank you. 
My movie review for this episode is Wonder Woman, circa 2017. Now, I thought about this movie, and I was really excited to see it. Now, the first this isn't the first first glimpse we've had of Gail Gadot as Wonder Woman. She, of course, had a, a small part near the end in Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. So we kind of had her in there, a taste of her. This is really a really good kind of origin backstory of the character. It, it's one of those where it starts in the present... We get, we get, uh, and then it kind of flashes back to the past, and then kind of the present kind of bookends it. The, the the movie basically chronicles the 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 birth and the struggle of 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 one woman from her her time as a child, and and the the kid actor they chose for her is really cute. At one point, the Amazons are training, and the little kid is standing up there like mimicking the moves of them. That, that was very cute. We don't, it doesn't last very long into the kid stage. We quickly become her as an adult. And, and we, we get the story basically that she really wants to make a difference. But her mother, Hippolyta, uh, this time played by Connie Nielsen, says no. You know, she's really reluctant at first to let, let her, her daughter into the world. And, and so there's that hesitancy there. They, they, they kind of get dragged into the present day conflict. When a, a, a when a when a plane crashes just inside the barrier, and it ain't much of a barrier really, to to their their hidden place, in the form of Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, so so he kind of brings the present day into their reality, and they determine that there's there's a, there's something out there that not only threatens the it's it's it's, it's World War One. So it's a global conflict, and, and, and Diana feels that, you know, if she doesn't do something about this, then, then it's going to spill over to them. And she's convinced that Ares, the god of war, is kind of causing World War I. If she can find Ares and kill him, then that will end the war. So that, that's kind of her, her mindset in going to this. Keep in mind, for those, <laughs> if you're looking for a big kind of action-y movie, you get a lot near the end, but this is a bit of a slow pace. Uh, it's kind of movie that if you if you bring kids to, I guarantee you, for the most part, and this is very much like Rogue One, I feel, that it, there's a lot of talking, there's not a lot of action up front, and, and there may be slow bits, little kids be going, why isn't there anything happening on the screen? So keep that in mind. It may be a little too kind of a long sit for kids in a theater. Maybe you convince them when it hits the home video market, but eh, I don't know. Gal Gadot is is great as Wonder Woman. She kind of has that fierceness yet vulnerability, and the chemistry between her and Chris Pine kind of works for me. Now, this isn't your 1970s Wonder Woman. Much as I love that show, and I have it on DVD, Linda Carter is tremendous, if you're expecting that, no. There's no her spitting in a circle and changing clothes, although you do do a reference to, to Diana Prince in the movie, which is cool with the glasses and everything. Um, but there's none of that kind of campiness. The her her you her you only get to see her in full Wonder Woman garb oh, to, to well into the movie. So and it's only with with you know you, you there's only a small point that she's at small, you know, a small amount of time. She's actually wearing the scene. They, they really love slow-mo in this movie. This is a huge slow-mo. I don't know if slow-mo was 
huge part of the first Captain America movie. But in this one, holy moly, Sam Peckinpah would be impressed. They use a lot in the turning and fighting, swinging the sword kind of stuff. So keep that in mind. One of the things, casting-wise, which I thought, myself, was a lost opportunity. Although I have nothing against uh, Connie Nielsen, who plays Hippolyta, I keep thinking that Warner Brothers kind of lost an opportunity here. I would have loved, and I'm sure a lot of people agree with me, loved to have seen Linda Carter as her mother. She still looks good. I've seen recent pictures. She still looks good for her age. And it would have been great. I kept kept watching the movie thinking, you know, if you put Linda Carter in this role, and 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 I think that's a missed opportunity. Also, there's a female kind of lieutenant kind of warrior kind of girl. Um, I think her character's name is 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 uh, Antiope, played by Robin Wright. Um, I think so. She's one of the head kind of training women. That role, I think, could have been great if you'd cast Lucy Lawless as that. Imagine that. Lucy Lawless, Linda Carter in one movie. And again, Lucy looks still great. She's still acting. Looks great. Or even her as Hippolyta would have been very interesting. There's kind of a lost casting there. Again, I have no no qualms against the original actresses in the movie. But that would have been so cool uh, as a casting choice. But, eh, maybe if they do a sequel, they can throw them in there. But, darn it. Uh, I was hoping for that. Overall, this is a nice journey, I, I think. I, I like the relationship between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. It, it, they really develop it. Then there's a good payoff for that. Ares is in the movie, you know. And no, he's not just a cloud of smoke that talks like Galactus in one of those Fantastic Four movies. Thank Christ they didn't do that. But I gotta say, there, there's a reveal of Ares, and if you're expecting a big dude in, like, armor, like, I am Ares. Sorry, no. He, he, he is a dude, but he's not kind of a big, scary, helmeted with the horns, kind of, I am the god of war, kind of thing. You You want that? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you don't get that. And again, I'm not faulting the actor. It's just that, eh, uh, and, and I guess it's meant to be a surprise because then you find out who Ares is. Um, but, uh, I just think again, missed opportunity here. It would have been kind of cool to, to, to put that in. Uh, overall, I, I liked it. Um, the, their, I guess you were trying to go more of a realism thing. Right, a good movie. The, the soundtrack on is great. Yeah, you do get the dun 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 dun. You know that singer that you heard in Batman vs Superman. Yeah, that that kind of comes in here. Gadot uh, as a fighter looks. She's in phenomenal shape, and it looks good. I, I see. I noticed with the outfit, and I noticed in Batman Superman, instead of having the kind of bright like hello colors from the 1970s show they, they very much kind of tone it down and make it less shiny which i guess is okay uh speaking of shiny though the golden lasso in this movie is really well done i love the glow effects around the rope 
that's cool. Uh, and, and she actually uses it in combat, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that's neat. That was well done. And if, and if you guys thinking, whoa, does she have like a tiara toss? No, <laughs> no, no. But her bracelets come in, in pretty handy. That that's more powerful than I thought they were previously, but maybe I just not up a wonder woman overall, a, a good guide, a good introduction to the character. I'm hoping that they'll build more and wonder woman in the justice league movie coming out later this year. Uh, cause she does play a prominent role in that. Um, yeah. And a nice introduction to the character. I hope that now that we've gotten the world war stuff out of the way, that when there is a sequel, we get more of to a superheroic thing. I, I thought watching this going in that I'd, I'd be comparing it to the first Captain America movie because that had, that had um, a lot of w- world war stuff in it too. Uh, there were some similarities, but I, I think that the Wonder Woman on her own st- stands out as her own character and, you know, and different. Although I, I would have been cool if, if during the World War One footage, they said, oh, well, you know, you're on our side, right? Uh, can you just wear this really patriotic outfit instead of your regular outfit? A nice little... Flash, that would have been cool like they did with the Captain America movie. But eh, we don't get that in this modern age, you know. Uh, but overall, uh, a good introduction. Uh, uh, not necessarily a kid-friendly superhero movie. Not that it's really bad, and not that there's really, like, adulty stuff in it. I just think the pacing of the movie is kind of more directed to an older audience than a younger one. Because kids lose patience in theaters very quickly. If you don't have constant action, go, go, going. Um, so just free for warn parents, you might want to wait till this hits home video before you drag your kids out to the show. So that is my take of Wonder Woman, the movie at a theater near you. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways on the old World Wide Web. You can catch me on Twitter. I'm at RamblingRuss, at symbol R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the likes and retweets I get on Twitter. And all the followers that want to follow me on Twitter, please uh, go ahead and follow me. I appreciate you try to tweet every once in a while, although I can never guarantee you how often I will tweet because I can't promise that. So, of course, you can always check me out on Facebook. Just type in Rambled Russell in the f- Facebook search engine. You'll find my face, my home, my, my fan page there. Please give that a like. I know I need to get more active in it. I keep saying Facebook, but like it anyway. Uh, as always, when any cover art or anything that I get for any of the stuff I review, I generally put it up on Twitter, and I'll try to get it more on Facebook in case you want to see what I am talking about. Still kicking the idea of YouTubing stuff. We'll see the future once the move is all settled and done. Coming up on a few episodes of the show, I'll have my review of a new Chips movie. Yes, it is not your dad's Chips anymore. The uh, Chips hits the um, the movie screen, Jack Shepard and Michael Pena. As well, the sequel to Trainspotting, T2, is on the docket. Uh, the, the BBC America, or BBC Earth from BBC Video, The, the Hunt, is on the docket as well. The 25th anniversary of Juice. Welcome to the Loud House. 
and um, also the TV series Incorporated, starring Ben Affleck, or produced by Ben Affleck and Mac Damon, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. So lots of all those kind of stuff coming up in future episodes of the show. Keep in mind, uh, July will be a bit of a slow month for videos, but coming August to September, that's when we start getting a lot of TV shows. I might fill in the gap in July and start getting caught up in some of the shows that I meant to watch ages ago. So keep listening. Of course, the CW catch-up will continue as well. Look for reviews of the extras of Arrow Season 4 and Flash Season 2 coming up, as well as my season reviews of Legends of Tomorrow Season 1 and Supergirl Season 1 as well. And if I have time, maybe I'll start making my way through Gotham too. All coming up, future episodes of this program. That is it for me and the, the, for the final time in the Kawartha Lakes region. Thanks for w- listening and we'll see you next time in Niagara. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening.